Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindful meditation and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the full moon in Libra. In Native American timekeeping traditions, this is also known as the worm moon, since this is when the earth starts to warm up and those little earth movers start doing their jobs to help those plant babies grow. Also, this is the last episode of season one, so get your handkerchiefs out. We're going to kick this episode off with the song Worms by the Viagra Boys. We'll be right back with the rest of the show.
The full moon in Libra occurs on March 20th. As I mentioned earlier, this is the last episode of season one, and this is because the next new moon is in the sign of Aries, which is the first sign of the zodiac. It's the first new beginning of the year, but before that can happen, we have to have the last full moon, which is always in the sign of Libra. Libra is the great equalizer of the zodiac, and being an air sign helps to blow away all that which is unnecessary in moving us forward. This full moon represents a great opportunity to let go, to make amends, to find diplomatic resolutions to difficult or troubled partnerships, and to find a renewed sense of balance in your life. One of the reasons I picked the song Worms that I just played was to remind all of you how similar we really are in the end. At some point, we all are reduced to our elemental components, and the best of us and the worst of us, at least in regards to our physical bodies, will all be the same. Think about that. Maybe some of you out there might find it depressing, but I actually find it comforting. It means that all we really leave behind is the memory of our actions, our works, and that which we've built. I find that helps me to clarify who and what it is that's important to me to invest my time in. Libra is all about balance and relationships, so let this time be available to you to review and seek to find your renewed sense of purpose and balance as well as peace with letting go of that which may be draining you of essential energy that you need to move forward in the best way possible. Think back to six months ago to the new moon in Libra, way back in September. What were the things you had hoped to manifest? How have they materialized and what might need shifting in regards to your priorities now? This full moon is a great time to redefine just that. So with all that goodness in mind, let's move into talking about Libra. Libra is the seventh sign of the zodiac and it's part of the air triad, which also includes Gemini and Aquarius. It's ruled by Venus and its key themes are relationships, balance, diplomacy, and it's symbolized by the scales. Libra's constellation is one of the smallest in the sky. Its ruling star is called Beta Libre, and before Libra became its own constellation in the sky, it was thought of as the claws of Scorpio. Venus is Libra's ruling planet, and other than our sun and moon, it's the brightest point in our sky. Venus is also referred to as the morning star, and it's our closest planetary neighbor. Every 584 days, Venus passes between the Earth and the Sun, and some people refer to this as the kiss of Venus. This also corresponds with Venus's retrograde cycle, FYI. Every time one of these kisses occurs, an imaginary pentagram is drawn in the sky over the course of exactly eight years. So rather than exactly it happening, it's drawing a point on the pentagram that adds up over eight years. This makes the pentagram a strong shape for channeling the powers of Venus during meditation. Since Libra is the cardinal air sign and the realm of air signs is all about ideas, ideals, and principles, and since it's ruled by Venus, Librans 
are likely to spend a lot of time and energy thinking about relationships, especially romantic ones. And in my experience, I think there are two kinds of Libras. One, the first, is most likely to be single at the bewilderment of their friends and family until they meet the right person. These people tend to have everything going for them, good looking, smart, they've got it all together, and yet somehow they're alone. This type of Libra won't always be alone, however, and when they meet the right person, they'll jump in with both feet after a bit of classic Libra internal debate. The other kind of Libra will always be coupled up, either formally or informally. They can't stand being alone and tend to lose themselves in a relationship. They'll stay in a relationship that makes them miserable for years out of fear of being alone and having to adjust to that reality. Libras get along well with other air signs and especially fire signs. Remember, fire thrives on air. So when these two elements get together, things can get really hot really fast. Let's go over the mythology behind Venus so we can kind of understand how these two elements work together. Homer's Odyssey that dates back from 8 BCE tells the story of Venus. The story goes that Venus was married to Vulcan, who was the god of night and blacksmithing, and unfortunately he wasn't particularly attractive, and he all also happened to be lame, physically lame. He had a club foot. Mars, however, was handsome and young and very attractive and was simply irresistible to Venus. And remember that in this instance, Venus is airy and Mars is fiery. So think about these in the sense of elements. So long story short... Venus and Mars hook up passionately in Vulcan's marriage bed. The god Apollo saw what they were up to and told Vulcan. And so being the craftsman as always, Vulcan went to his forge and created a snare, a net made of bronze chains so fine that not even the gods could see them. And so he spread them across his bed, draping them all over the bedposts. And then he laid his trap. He told Venus he was about to leave for a business trip to Lemnos. And so Venus and Mars took advantage of Vulcan's absence. And they got swiftly down to business. And, of course, they were caught in his net, and they were unable to move. Of course, Vulcan hadn't really gone anywhere. He instead found them and shouted to Venus's father, Jupiter, who came rushing in with the other gods to witness his cuckolding. And all the gods who came to witness this included Mercury, Apollo, and Neptune, while all the goddesses stayed away. The gods roared with laughter to see the lovers caught and exposed, and one of them even made jokes about how he wouldn't mind being caught in that trap himself. Uh, that would be Mercury. Um, <laughs> however, Vulcan demands his dowry back from Jupiter, and Neptune 
bargains for the freedom of Mars and Venus. This kindness, by the way, is partially where we get the idea that Neptune is the higher octave of Venus, which I recently mentioned on the New Moon and Pisces episode. Long story short, Mars and Venus were released, but duly embarrassed. So with the Venus and Mars story in mind, we've got these two fiery, well, these two passionate individuals who are drawn together. And this is where we get the idea of attraction and astrology, especially in romantic terms. We look at Venus and Mars aspects in someone's chart. But also it helps to demonstrate how when a fire sign and an air sign have really magnetic compatibility, this might also be illustrated in a chart reading scenario to help explain that magnetic force drawing these individuals together. I know that I've met Libras and not even necessarily have had uh, physical relationships with these individuals, but have just been like drawn to them and had very meaningful relationships of all different kinds with Libras. Um, So I'd be interested to hear from other fire signs, other air signs out there who have had similar relationships or encounters or just noticed that as a theme in their life. Reach out, say hi, let me know. I love hearing from the listeners. So with that in mind, let's go over the high vibes and the low vibes of Libra. On the high side, Librans are lovers of harmony and beauty and peace. And as a result, Librans are usually pretty attractive as well because Venus is their ruler. And so those ruled by Venus get an extra dose of beauty in their daily lives. They also definitely have a romantic flair. Librans love expressing their devotion of their partners through unexpected romantic gestures. Because they're an air sign, they can be exceptionally funny and exquisite conversationalists. And usually, because they have that diplomatic flair, they can make sure that everybody gets their say and feels right at home having a conversation with them. They're also pretty balanced. And sometimes this is balanced in their extremes, but generally speaking, if they if the pendulum kind of swings one way, they'll swing back the other way sooner rather than later, just to kind of keep things moving along in a very even sort of fashion. On the low side, Librans can be superficial at times with all that Venus energy and attention to beauty. If something isn't especially beautiful to look at, they might not want to spend time looking at or even considering it. Um, And this can come off as really shallow. Um, They can be somewhat detached and as a result feel cold at times. Um, That's definitely not their meaning. It's just their, their elemental nature. It's not necessarily on purpose because the Libra vibrating at their highest levels wouldn't want to intentionally hurt anybody. However, if they're off in their own world, it's it's probably not you. It's probably them. Um, this can make them seem somewhat unreliable. And maybe uh, I think the worst quality of Libra in general is that when they really, really want something, especially in the romance department or in the beauty department, say it's a lover or a relationship that might be somewhat illicit, they'll do anything and say anything in order to justify having that relationship and getting away with it. Um, I mean, it is a Libra's worst 
nightmare to be discovered. Think about that mythology we just spoke about with Venus and Mars. If all the gods were standing around laughing at you, at your uh, indiscretion, basically, and at your marriage kind of falling apart because you decided to hook up with the hot one down the street, um, yeah, that's really, really embarrassing for a Libra, and they will do anything to avoid getting caught or having to live up to the reality of their dalliances. So just know that is a possibility. And also, they don't often do these things because they are unhappy. They're just attracted to the beauty when when they are, and they just kind of go for it. Um not all of them, but it does happen. I've seen it happen with more than one Libra. Um, and they can, this is a, a manifestation of another negative Libran quality. It's their indecisiveness. They can't quite decide what it is that's really best for them. So they'll waffle back and forth. And it's during that indecision and indecisiveness uh, that they might make those uh poor decisions that they later then want to cover up. We're going to take a quick music break. This is The Clash with Should I Stay or Should I Go? And we'll be right back with the rest of the show. Should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy when I'm on my knees. One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back Well come on and let me know Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I go there will be trouble Decisions bugger me. If you don't want me, set me free. Exactly whom I'm supposed to be. Don't you know which clothes even fit me? Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? If I 
By the way, Joe Strummer's Saturn was in Libra. It was during 1982 Saturn returned to Libra that The Clash had one of their saddest, most disappointing record releases ever with This Is England. So Saturn returns are real. And it was all about partnerships breaking down, which is what Libra is all about. Joe Strummer said that after he delivered that album, he went off to Spain and cried under a tree for a while to clear his mind. So just so you know, everybody has a difficult time during Saturn Returns, even Joe Strummer. So for all of my Saturn and Capricorn friends right now going through their Saturn return, uh, just keep hanging in there. I promise things will get better when Saturn moves on into Aquarius. And then it's Saturn and Aquarius' turn. All right, let's go on to other stuff in the sky during this full moon. So during this full moon, let's just do the rundown of the planets and their positions. The sun is going to be in Aries. The moon, of course, will be in Libra. And this makes the sun opposite the moon, which is pretty typical during full moons. But also the sun and the moon are square Jupiter in Sagittarius. So... What does that mean? Sun square Jupiter means that the energy is going to be kind of uh, somewhat frustrating in terms of achieving any real feelings of success because maybe their resources aren't being allocated the right way or perhaps uh, issues of prudence have been coming up. Maybe you've been imprudent when you should have been more prudent or just have been more apt and up to snuff as far as taking care of your business concerns go so that you can't really relax and enjoy things. There's going to be some weird energy in the air as far as feeling satisfied goes, or at least satisfied in terms of being able to understand what kind of opportunities might be coming your way or possibilities are just around the corner for you. You're not going to feel super hopeful during this full moon is what I'm saying, unfortunately. Mercury is still retrograde in Pisces, and so this also helps to kind of throw some weird energy into the air with misdirected communications, and honestly, towards the end of retrograde, people just start getting tired of the misdirected energy flying around. So it's not going to be a super, like, happy, chatty, communicative uh, full moon at all. Um, and because, again, Mercury is in Pisces, it's going to be rather emotional, maybe even. Um, it's not going to be a logical time, necessarily. It's going to just be... Um, a time when there's a lot of communication going around, but it's about deep emotions and stuff that people are going through and not so much as far as like exciting things that people want to do or accomplish. It's, it's like, yo, my car is broken down and my dog died and, uh, you know, I lost my job. And like, these are going to be the kinds of conversations that you see or have, are paying attention to, and they're going to be coming to fruition. Um, so not super fun, but, uh, thankfully the sun and Aries will help to be able to motivate in the right direction as far as being able to like aim for action that hopefully will rectify the situation. Back to Mercury. Mercury is square Jupiter, sextile Saturn, and conjunct 
Neptune. So there's a lot going there. Let's hit those one by one and just kind of see what that means. And because Mercury moves so quickly, these are more fleeting aspects, but they might really affect the energy of the day. So um, Mercury being squared Jupiter, again, Mercury is in Pisces retrograde and Jupiter's in Sagittarius. Um, it's going to be indicating that um, there's going to be a lot of details that kind of hold you up um, and might keep you from moving forward. Again, squares are, they're viewed as kind of negative aspects um, in terms of aspects in astrology, but they're not necessarily, any aspect, frankly, is better than no aspect at all for the most part. But I like to equate squares as um, challenging points in a story where you don't know where the answer is going to come from, but it's going to come from somewhere and it's going to get you where you need to go at the last moment. Think of it as climax material. Um, you're not totally sure of where the story is going or why it's going that direction. And it seems like there's no way out, but just at the last moment, Indiana Jones comes swinging in on a rope and rescues, uh, whatever it is he rescues. I haven't, you know, I have to admit, I haven't seen any of the Indiana Jones movies since I was a little kid. So, um, I think there is a skull in one of them or something. Anyway, uh, Mercury will be sextile Saturn, like I said earlier, and this is a happier little, uh, alignment here. Um, this means that there's going to be some opportunities that allow people to talk about and demonstrate, um, their intellectual abilities or technical skills. And it comes through some sort of intense planning period. Um, so plan away and anticipate things to, uh, to kind of work out backwards when you least expect it with this one, because again, Mercury is still retrograde during this full moon. Mercury will be conjunct Neptune, and this is also a happier alignment. Um, this means that there might be um, some veil around the way we perceive reality during this full moon. It can be kind of exhausting to other people, but to certain individuals, this can uh, really be great for clairvoyant work. So if you want to do some channeling or some ecstatic dance or chanting or some even some magic, and you know you've got strong positions with this Mercury retrograde in Pisces, or your Neptune game is strong, go for it. Because you might come into some, some far-sighted feelings or epiphanies or knowledge of the future that might not make sense just right now, but it rings true to you and you have these moments of clarity that only you can really see and understand. But later on, when events certainly come to alignment and fruition, it all makes sense. And it'll make sense to other people around you too. They just can't see it yet. Because we are talking about the Libra full moon, of course, we've got to talk about Venus. Venus is going to be in Aquarius. And during the time that Venus is in Aquarius, there's a kind of restricted code of social acceptability that just doesn't exist in the air. So 
Venus and Aquarius likes to kind of break the rules a little bit and do things that are a little outside the acceptable norm. Um, they're super, like, it's a super people-oriented time. Um, and they, like, this sort of time period while Venus is in Aquarius means that people have an easier time of getting to know new people outside their regular social circles. And also being like somewhat humanitarian minded. So you might meet these people doing something that is for the greater good of society. Um, with this in mind, Venus is square her lover Mars. So this means there's going to be a little bit of social awkwardness in some of the interactions. And I don't really see sparks flying for too many people unless you've got some natal aspects there that would counter this Venus square Mars during this full moon. Um, it's not necessarily, again, like squares are a little bit awkward. And then here comes somebody when you least expect it that kind of saves the day. Um, so not to say like, um, you know, like love couldn't happen that day, but it might just start out with a little bit of a bumpy ride at first, but just give it some time. If you think there's something special about somebody and you see some potential there, you just never know. Venus will be sextile Jupiter, however, which means Jupiter and Venus will be in good conversation to make that love happen. Um, and this will mean that things that have any kind of artistic flair or journalistic or uh, promotional talent will be like working to the benefit of romance and good fortune. Mars will be in Taurus and trine Saturn and Pluto, which is kind of an interesting uh, combination to have going on. Um, so Mars is in Taurus and this is not Mars's favorite place. Um, he was just coming out of his domicile in Aries. So going into Taurus, he's not wanting to waste a whole lot of time um, to get down to business. But Mars trying Saturn, it, it means that your shit's going to be taken care of and you're going to have some really beneficial encounters with perhaps people who are a little bit older and wiser than you to um, get your goals accomplished. So be on the lookout for a mentor or just a friendly elder who knows knows what they're doing. Um, Mars being trying Pluto indicates that there's going to be a very clear and distinct air about what is liked and not liked. People are going to know their preferences today and they're not going to waste any time or mince their words and letting you know their feelings. If something's not working out, don't be surprised if somebody says, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And so let's change it up. Let's fix it to something that works better for both of us. Um, and so Feelings could be a little hurt, maybe, if you're not, you know, again, Mercury is retrograde. So if that communication isn't really flowing just right, those uh, sort of no-nonsense, let's cut the chase and get down to business uh, communication style motivated by Mars being trying Pluto could kind of ruffle some feathers. Um, ask me about my latest haircut. Um, but other than that, it can be a real shortcut to getting exactly what it is that you want when you want it. So Jupiter's in Sagittarius, which he'll be in Sagittarius all year until December. And we've talked about him before. Saturn's going to be in Capricorn, again, an outer planet moving very slowly. And Saturn's going to be sept 
Saturn will be sextile Neptune. And when this happens, it's more of a generational thing. And it means that uh, there's a lot of opportunities for enhancing the societal structures as a whole for everybody, not just individuals. Saturn will be conjunct Pluto, at, and he will be for a while because both of these are slower moving outer planets. And this means that people want to look for solutions. And so don't be surprised if on this full moon there are some issues that come to light that solutions are necessary to find for these issues, these opportunities. And when I say opportunities, I mean, you know, Things are not perfect in the world that we live in right now, but that doesn't mean that we can't all work on something as individuals, as a collective, to make everybody's life a little bit more palatable and successful. Uranus will be in Taurus, which is super, super exciting. Taurus has not been in Uranus since 1939, I think. Um, Hold on, let me check that. 1934. I was off by a couple of years. Sorry about that. Um, but just let's just talk about Uranus for a second um, because it's such an oddball planet. Um, and it, if you didn't catch the last episode, I'm sure I talked about it a little bit there. But Uranus is one of the bizarro outliers of the solar system. It First of all, it rotates on its side, which I think is why unexpected things happen when Uranus is thrown into the mix with an aspect of certain signs. Um, But Uranus in Taurus is all about the home and your steady work, day-to-day life, and just kind of understanding the way you put effort forth into the world in order to reap rewards that make your life more comfortable, more beautiful, and more stable. So generally, we talk about uh, the second house and Taurus being uh, ruling over the home and your domicile, like the place you live, and also uh, with things being outdoors and being very like financially oriented, all these earthly elements, right? Um, so Uranus and Taurus is, uh, it's not a super comfortable transit because changes are going to be coming whether you like them or not, but they're not going to happen just because, um, because they're, it's happening on a whim necessarily. These are going to be changes that happen because they are absolutely necessary. Um, freedom is important, but responsibility is more important to Taurus. Again, Uranus will be transiting Taurus for the next several years. So you're going to have lots of time to look back and reflect on this transit. So just be open-minded about possible changes to your income structure, the way you make money, or the way you live your life or where you live your life. All these things are possible right now. And lastly, Neptune is in Pisces and Pluto is in Capricorn. So that's it. That's what is going on in the sky right now. And with that, let's take a quick music break because I threw a whole lot of information at you just then. And we'll be back with the rest of the show. I'm being followed by a moon. Shadow, moon shadow, leaping and hopping on a moon 
enjoyable cat stevens with moon shadow so uh let's go over some quick plugs before we get into crystals chakras and questions for mindfulness and meditation and manifestation starting off i'll be at argosy's artist market on saturday march 30th so come visit say hey i'm gonna have some chocolate which i'm sure you're gonna want because it is the best tasting stuff ever it is part of season two and you'll hear more about it then but in the meantime come out say hi i'll be there all afternoon and um, you can come by, say hi, meet me. And also, if you would like to book uh, a reading with me, if you have questions about how things are going to affect your natal chart or like whether it's a full moon or a Saturn return, any of that stuff, that's a great material, great questions for a one-on-one astrology session. And you can book those at the website, which is bloodmoonmilk.com. Also, I just redesigned that website, so click around, check 
and let me know if you see any bugs or things that don't act right or are just kind of weird. Let me know and I'll try to fix those things. Also, uh, sign up for our newsletter at the website. It'll send you an email about once a month, giving you all the major astrological rundowns and just kind of keep you in the loop. All things blood moon milk. Also, you probably have heard that this is the end of season one, this very episode that you're listening to. And if you were to go back and listen to all the episodes in this season, I'd hope that you would see uh, a, an arc of growth, especially from where the project started out a year ago. Um, and just, I think my level of confidence behind the microphone and speaking to all of you and understanding the topics that I'm talking about, I've, I'm pretty self-taught as an astrologer. And that means that, A, I'm still definitely learning, but I'm also open to new ideas. And, um, you know, just my confidence as an individual as to what it is that I can accomplish as one person. Um, you know, I write and produce and record this show and I send it off to Adam for him to give it a shine and make it sound extra nice for all of you out there so there's not so many annoying clicks, pops, and bumps in the background. And um, I mean, I still record this show in my living room under a blanket, everybody. Um, so I really appreciate you listening and all of your encouragement and your support really, really means a lot to me. Um, do me a favor, go out there and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show and just share it with the people that you care about. Season two is coming soon. And honestly, there's going to be some changes. I think they'll, they won't be like super major, but, uh, and honestly, <laughs> I don't exactly know what they're going to be. Um, I, there is some things there, there's definitely some growth goals that I'd like to do, um, in terms of production quality. I, I've been thinking about doing a video component, which would be cool, but also it would be a huge time investment as, or, as far as just, um, setting up the camera, making sure that looks, everything looks good and editing that content as well, setting up new channels. Um, and again, I'm just one person who I do all the illustrations on the Instagram, which if you haven't seen that and you don't follow us for the daily horoscopes, it's at blood moon milk on Instagram. Um, but, uh, let me know what it is you'd like to see from us. I'm thinking about just reducing the number of episodes to once a month and I'd be covering both full moon and new moon in that one episode just for this next season to give me a little bit more bandwidth to focus on the season three book, which would essentially be a daily planner. Um, and you can support all of this by pre-ordering that daily planner over at the website at bloodmoonmilk.com. My goal is to have it printed, done, and in everybody's hands by Christmas. And pre-orders help me, A, motivate, let me know that you guys want this resource and tell your friends about it, get it for your friends. And just, you know, if you know anybody who's out there in the media world who thinks that like who you think could help the show get to that next level, share it with them. Um, you know, I'm not adverse to people helping out in a positive way uh, to help spread the word because I, I really do believe that through astrology and kind conversations and just being aware of the inner the macrocosmic energies that we play out in a macro in a 
microcosmic way that we can make things better as a group. And that's really the mission here. So help me help everybody and help yourselves. Um, And thank you for listening. This project has really brought me a lot of joy and a lot of focus this year. And I've, I've certainly grown to I've certainly grown a lot from just listening to all of you and all of your feedback and interacting with you. And it's been emotional at times. And uh, this episode is certainly, certainly one of those times. So thanks for being a part of this crazy journey with me. And with that, let's go over chakras, crystals, and questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. As Venus is the ruler of Libra, of course, the chakra in tune with Libra the most is the heart chakra. The heart is where it's at as far as following your true calling and becoming aligned with your real purpose on this planet in this lifetime. You have to listen to it it, regardless of what your brain says and what your stomach says. Um, I mean, you have to listen to it in order to get to that point where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. When the heart speaks, you know the truth. You know it. It's unquestionable without a doubt. And maybe it was the case with Venus and Mars that they were supposed to be together and maybe she wasn't supposed to be with Vulcan. And so she paid the consequences for not necessarily listening to her heart the first time around, but having to then face the consequences of denying herself her true calling in the first place. Um, You know, that's a scary thing to do, but it happens. You know, we are human and mythology and stories of the gods are there to help us highlight our own humanity and our own journeys in this life. Maybe if she just listened to her heart the first time, she wouldn't have ended up in that situation. But we also wouldn't have had that incredible story of embarrassment and fatal attraction. Not really fatal, but fatal to her relationship. But we know what is real when our heart speaks the truth. It's undeniable. So how do we work with that heart chakra energy? How do we tune it up, tune it in, and get it working for us in all the right ways? If you feel like you've been lonely or things have been closed off, or even if you're wounded from a past relationship, um, know that all of those feelings are valid and okay places to be. It's just not where you want to be forever. But in order to get past that, you should acknowledge it and accept and even embrace what's happened to you and uh, come to terms with it and let it go. Um, This is definitely easier said than done. And heart chakra energy can help you to just open up on an energetic level to get rid of any baggage that's helping you or sorry, not helping you, but stopping you from moving forward in the most desirable way. Meditation's definitely a huge help and a huge aid in this process. And if you're energetically sensitive at all, you will be able to feel the condition of your heart chakra just by placing your hand over it. If you feel like it's blocked or if it's closed up, um, or if it's too open, maybe you're susceptible to being taken advantage of or giving too much of yourself away to people who don't deserve you. Um, there's, 
you know, it really is an individual basis. What's going on with your energy in that moment? And energy changes moment to moment. You can get a phone call and totally change your energy with the news that comes through that phone call, right? Um, so I think that's where crystals come in to help grounding and help sort of even out that energy and also meditation practices. The heart chakra resonates with this green, loving growth energy, kind of like those spring leaves that are just starting to grow this time of year. They're that vibrant, limey green energy that can then develop into that deep emerald green of something that's well-established. Any crystals that are a similar color, whether it's peridot or emerald, will help facilitate that heart energy. And remember, heart energy also relates to creativity as well as finances and feelings of stability. So work on that heart chakra for all of these things. The stone that I'm going to suggest for heart chakra meditation this month is green adventuring. Um, you could also use peridot or emerald if you have those at your disposal, but green adventuring isn't particularly expensive, but it also happens to attract luck, abundance, and success. It also has a really soothing energy behind it, which kind of helps to um, quell the heart's uh, throws slings and arrows, if you will. I mean, things can get pretty dramatic when our heart feels threatened, right? So it's nice to have something that's a little bit softer and calmer to kind of temper anything major going on in our lives. Um, I've also worked with malachite as far as a heart chakra stone to, uh, for heart chakra therapies, but I'll say with my own personal experience that malachite is, while very effective and really quick, it's also kind of brutal in my experience, but it does things that are necessary. Um, it brings up conflicts that are necessary, um, and through those conflicts, you discover truths that otherwise you might have ignored or chosen to deny. However, Adventuring, I think, is a softer, gentler way to access similar insights and growth through your meditations. Speaking of meditations, let's go ahead and go over the questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. Is there somebody or some situation that you feel you need to learn to relate to better? Try to put yourself in other people's shoes and look at the situation from their point of view. Um, how would you feel if you were in their situation? What is it that you can identify with as common ground in order for you to maybe build a bridge with that relationship? I would maybe do this with the relation that comes to mind as being the most frustrating for you. It might not be particularly enjoyable, but hopefully it'll be beneficial in the long term. Think about your important partnerships in life. And what is it that you value and seek out in a partner as well as reflect back to them that's beneficial from you? Maybe you can give your partner some praise. Nobody ever gets enough of that. And in this day and age, it never gets old getting a compliment especially when it's genuinely from the heart. Is there something that you feel like you're going to need to negotiate in order to have a stronger position moving forward? Don't shy away from asking what it 
for what it is that you really deserve. Um, let people know where you where your expectations lie, as well as what it is that you offer in return. And try to do it in a happy, joyful way that, again, is sincere, but instills confidence. It's a delicate matter, but this full moon and Libra energy will give you all of the necessary tools that you need. Have you been physically neglecting yourself in any way? What is it that you can do to make yourself feel more physically beautiful? This can be as little as taking a bath and lighting some candles or going and getting your hair done, getting your nails done, getting a facial, get a massage, go to yoga, really get in your skin and improve that body you're in. It's amazing how our confidence and our attitude and our mute and our mood shifts when we feel physically good in our own skin. Maybe you have a friend out there who would enjoy getting a pedicure with you. That's also a good way to meditate on your partnerships in action. And last, but definitely, definitely, definitely not least, look at who you are independent of your relationships. While Libra, yes, is all about partnerships, relationships, and diplomacy and how we all get along, as well as as well as physical beauty, let's think about who we are as one part of a partner and what we bring to the table. And in order to do that, you have to really know who you are and to be friends with yourself. So spend some time alone, really understand what it is that your values are and what you're aligned with as far as those values. And then put your money where your mouth is, stand up for those things in a way that, you know, feels true to who you are. All right. That is that for season one of Blood Moon Milk. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I was just looking at the numbers and probably by the time this gets out there, there will have been about 10,000 of you who have listened to the show over the last year. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to all of you for your time and your support and your energy and just listening. Even if you've never left a comment and you're just one of the silent majority out there, uh, I see the numbers and every one of you gives me a little bit of a boost in confidence and keeps me going. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen next season. I might be an astrologer and I have an inkling and there's some things that I'm working on that are especially delicious uh, in the realm of chocolate. And I'll talk about that more in season two. But for now, I just want to leave you with this song, Highway Man which has Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson all on this track. It's all about reincarnation and how we don't know what's coming next. It's about remembering where you came from. And thank you. Uh, I know that I've come a long way this year just doing one season of the show, and I don't know what's coming next. But I wouldn't be here without all of you listening. So I just wanted to say thank you and please support the show either through getting a one-on-one reading with me or through the book um, and or leaving me a review. 
all of those things help to keep me going and keep growing. And I wouldn't be here without you. So with that, uh, thanks again. And I'll see you when I see you. I'm going to try not to cry now. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I am still around I'll always be around and around and around and around I fly a starship across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain But I will remain And I'll be back again And again And again And again And again Stay tuned for my full moon interview session with Natalie Namaste from Hotel Brio in Nicaragua. It's certainly a treat and she is so wonderful and I highly, highly encourage anybody to stay there, get in touch with me if you need details on how to get in touch. Um, I'm happy to direct you to her. She's wonderful. Thanks again. (laughs) 